Hey everyone, this is Matt and welcome to another Overflow Pod. We all have something we want to change in our lives and the start of a new year is the best time to change. Even though it's February, it's still beginning and you may need to change one of many areas. Maybe it's your connection to God or maybe you want to change your health or your body, your relationships, your habits. You may want to change your energy level, your job, your career, your work. Change a reset in your marriage, in a relationship with your kids, or maybe in your priorities, or a reset in your parenting, or change transformation in the way you schedule, or your self-confidence, or just on and on and on, or even if it's just a reset in your finances. Regardless of where you would like to see a major change in your life, today I want us to look at making the hard changes in me, in you making the hard changes in us. What I'm talking about in this pod are the areas of your life and your personality that seem to resist all your efforts to change. You know what I'm talking about. The stuff that you don't like about you, that stubborn, persistent problems in your life. And you haven't had these for a few weeks. You've had them for years. And the parts of your life you really don't like about you, but they rebel and resist. And anytime you try to change them, correct them, or reset them in your life. Now, I want us to consider two very important questions. First, why is it so hard to change stubborn areas in my life that I don't like about myself? Habits, patterns, ways of relating to people, habitual weaknesses in my life. Why is it difficult to change those problem spots? And number two, what does God say it takes to change them? So we're going to look at why it's difficult to change some defects in our lives that we all have, And then we're going to look at how. First, let me give you four reasons why it's difficult to change some of those stubborn patterns, habits, and defects in your life that you don't like. Number one, well, it's because you had them so long. You've had them so long. You see, you don't get to where you are overnight. It took years to get messed up in many areas. And many of the patterns are actually were established way, way back when we were kids. And those patterns help you cope with trauma or stress in your early years of life and when you didn't know how to fight back. And some of your self-defeating patterns were actually survival tactics as a little kid. Now, today you may realize that they don't work anymore, that they're actually self-defeating. They only make the problem worse, those habits and patterns, but you still have them in your life. Why? Because they're familiar. They're kind of like old friends. You know that they're not good for you, but you know they don't work, but they're still habits and patterns that you're used to. So since you're used to them, you keep doing them. Some things are hard to change because you've had the problems for a very long time. Second reason things are hard to change is because I identify with them. Think about it. The fact is we often confuse our identity with our defects all the time. We'll say, I'm a workaholic, or I'm passive, or I'm aggressive, or I'm timid, or I'm an overeater, I'm lazy, or I'm whatever. Complete this sentence 10 times. It's just like me to be, finish that sentence 10 times, and I'll tell you what you think of yourself and what your identity is. It's just like me to be like this or that. But those things, those defects, they're not your true identity. They are hiding your true identity. Remember, if you've asked God to forgive you and trust in what he did when he died for you on the cross for your sins, if you're a child of God and you've been brought into this, into his family, 
Your true identity is a child of God, and your goal is to grow in Jesus Christ, to be more like him. Your faults aren't your identity. Your identity is that you're part of God's family. And maybe you're still holding on to your baggage, your past problems, and maybe you still have to face consequences from your past behavior. But that doesn't change your identity as a child of God. It just means you got a lot of problems and a lot of baggage. Now, when you see yourself in certain ways, what happens is you set up a self-fulfilling prophecy. You say, I'm always nervous on planes. Well, what's going to happen when you fly? Well, you're going to be nervous. And sometimes we fear, if I change, will I still be me? Because I've been this way for so long. What will I look like with something different? So some things are hard to change because we've had them for so long. They're old habits because we identify with them, even though we know they are self-defeating. Number three, some things are hard to change because they have a small payoff. It means they give you a little benefit, not much, just a little, but enough to keep you going. Now, anything you do something over and over and over in your life, whether it's good or bad, helpful or unhelpful, healthy or unhealthy, there's always a payoff in some way, an emotional payoff, a relational payoff. You get rewarded for that defect. You get rewarded for that bad habit in some way. I mean, people smoke. Why do they keep smoking even though it's dangerous to their health? Because of the nicotine addiction. It feeds that addiction. It calms them down. It makes them feel, ah, everything is right in the world. Makes them feel good, but only for a short period of time. And it's really slowly poisoning them. You got to remember whatever in life that gets rewarded, even if it's rewarding you, but ultimately killing you, it's going to get repeated. It's true in parenting. It's true in the workspace. It's true in your marriage. Whatever gets rewarded gets repeated. We don't continue to do things that aren't rewarded. So, you know, like I eat bad. Why? Because it tastes really, really good. (laughs) I don't eat vegetables. Why? Because they taste terrible. It doesn't reward me any. I can't see the vitamins and minerals that they're giving me. It's not worth it. So even if I'm doing something unhealthy or unhelpful or even self-destruction, if there's some kind of payoff in some way, And I figure out what it is because until I know what the payoff is, I don't know how to fight that negative behavior. So anytime any negative behavior is being repeated by yourself, your spouse, or your boyfriend, your girlfriend, by your parents or kids, there's always a payoff, even if it's only temporary. You know, sadly, I've, I've learned to yell my kids for dinner. I am trying to break this habit. It's been going on for like a year where I've been trying to break this habit because I yell, the kids come down for dinner. I don't yell, they don't respond. I go up to their room, knock on the door, ask them politely. They just sit there. I yell at them, they immediately come down. So guess what? It becomes a habit. It's hard to break out of that. Maybe my defect, my habit, my my pattern, that stubborn part of me is masking my real pain. Well, we're going to look at that in future weeks. Maybe it's giving me an excuse to fail. Maybe there are a lot of reasons you can repeat negative self-defeating behavior. Maybe I'm compensating for some unresolved guilt, so I'm pushing, punishing myself by doing something I know isn't good for me. Maybe I'm compensating for shame or for pain or for fear or for panic. Maybe I found it useful to control other people. There are lots of reasons that we don't often know why we do what we do. 
But when you figure it out why you do what you do, it's going to be easier to change those hard things. And sometimes we do stuff that's negative just to get attention. Kids do this all the time, right? They learn this pretty quick. If I can't get approval, I'll go for attention. And then they dress in stupid ways and do stupid behavior. It's all subconscious payoffs for self-defeating behavior. So sometimes stuff that I want to change in me, I know isn't good for me, but I still keep on doing it. I've done it for a long time and I identify with it. And there's a payoff. It's allowing me to keep doing it. But there's also a fourth reason why some of your stubborn long-term patterns and ways of relating are resistant to change. The fourth reason is because Satan discourages you. You're not in this battle by yourself. He wants to keep you stuck in a rut. He wants to keep you down. He wants to keep you from becoming the woman God made you to be or the man God made you to be. And one of the things he does is he uses self-doubt, criticism, accusations. Did you know Satan is accusing you constantly with ideas? The Bible calls Satan the accuser. In fact, that's what his name means. He's the adversary. And he is constantly suggesting negative thoughts like, you're never going to change. Are you kidding me? How many diets have you gone on? You're hopeless. You're never going to change your marriage. You're never going to change your relationship with your kid, with your neighbor, whatever. It's hopeless. It's not going to move. Just give up. It's easier if you just give up or just do it tomorrow. You know, you don't have to do it today. You can start tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. Where do you think all that came from? It didn't come from God. It came from the enemy. And sometimes you secretly fear These are all reasons why we have a hard time changing the hard parts in us. You fear maybe if I rock the boat, something bad's going to happen. My husband or wife may leave me. People may walk out on me. Maybe at school, nobody will like me. So these are all things that we have to deal with that keep us holding on to stuff that isn't helpful at all in our lives. So what does it take to change? Well, I introduced this in the last pod last couple pods when we talked about how change starts with choosing what you're going to think about. All change starts with choosing and starts in your mind. Every change starts between your ears. Before it changes your emotions, your behavior, it starts in your mind. So if you missed the last couple pods and you just jumped in here, go back and listen to them because they're really important. Ephesians 4, 21 to 27 says, since you've heard all about Jesus and you've learned the truth that is in him, Throw off all your old evil nature and your former way of life, which is rotten through and through, full of lust and deception. Instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts. You must put on your new nature because you are a new person. That's a resetting of your life. Created in God's likeness, righteous, holy, and true. So you put away all your falsehood. That's all the lies you tell yourself. And oh, are there a lot. Put away all the falsehood and tell your neighbor the truth because we belong to each other. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. There are four practical biblical examples that we have to follow if you're going to be serious about making changes in your life. See, any big changes or more importantly, any lasting changes, you can change anything for say a week or a day. But I'm talking about changing for the rest of your life. It requires four things for lasting personal change. And if you if you can write these down, this is what the word of God says. First, change requires learning and facing the truth. Change always starts with the truth. 
can't have a positive change on negative ideas and on lies and mistruths. Change always starts with the truth. But there are two important parts of it. Learning it and facing it. They're two different things. So let me show you a bunch of verses here. Proverbs 23, 23. Learn the truth and never reject it. That's the two things. You got to learn it and got to face it. So what's the opposite of rejecting? Facing. It's accepting. It's admitting. It's acknowledging. You learn the truth, but you also accept it. You act on it. You acknowledge it. A lot of times we know the truth. We don't know anything about it, but we still reject it. The secret to personal change is this. It's not willpower. Willpower only works for a short period of time, but it wouldn't work for the rest of your life. It's not about pills that you take to change. It's not about resolutions. It's not about a gimmick. It's knowing and facing the truth about you, about God, about life, about problems, about your family, about your past, about growing up. So here's the first problem. Because the first step to permanent lasting change is to learn the truth about yourself and then accept and acknowledge and face the fact about you. What if I don't want to do that? Well, if we don't want to learn and face the truth, we're not going to go anywhere because the truth is uncomfortable. (laughs) Somebody said the truth will set you free, but first it makes you miserable. It's very true. It's often painful to face the truth about yourself. We would rather say, stay deluded. We'd rather stay in our little happy but mythical little fairyland that everything is okay. Everything's great in our life, but it's not. We live in denial. We're not facing the truth. Isaiah 30, 10, people say to God's messenger, that's you know a teacher, a prophet, whoever. People say to God's messenger, don't tell us the truth. Just tell us things that will make us feel good, things we want to hear. Let us keep our illusions. Wow. Tell me what I want to hear and let us keep our illusions. Because we're afraid to hear the opposing view. We don't like to hear views. Anytime we don't want to hear something, well, it's human nature to just come up with some kind of mental barrier or excuse to procrastinate because even when we learn the truth, it doesn't mean we're going to face it. And so we come up with excuses or questions to procrastinate. John 3.11 says in this, in the message paraphrase, I'm I'm telling you the truth. Instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. Oh, have you ever used that tactic? Oh, yeah, everybody does. Every husband and wife has used it. Every kid has. Every parent has. And I'm sure every one of us has. Sometimes says something that's painfully true and we think of a question to deflect, to divert the attention. Don't do that, God says. Don't procrastinate with questions. Jesus points it out. Oh, he says, you don't listen to the truth. So then the question becomes, what is the truth about you? What is the truth about me? Right, here it is, big surprise. We're all broken. We're all messed up. We're all imperfect. We all have defects. We all have flaws. We all have mistakes. We all sin. We're all imperfect. The Bible says there's not a just man on the earth who always does the right thing and never does what's wrong. We all have that in our lives, and we see it in ourselves. We see it in other people, but we want to deny it in ourselves. First John 1.8 says, when we claim we haven't sinned, we're only fooling ourselves and refusing to accept the truth. This is the first part of change. You got to admit it. You got a problem. It's in me. Is that later Taylor Swift song? Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Great song for that. It's very funny. 
you can they put it into different memes and stuff. Anyway, tangent. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I can't blame anybody else. This is a bad habit, a bad pattern, a bad attitude. It's a bad response. And we're fooling ourselves, refusing to accept the truth. Now, if you don't get anything else I say in this pod, get this. In your life, behind every self-defeating defect, self-defeating behavior makes it difficult for you to get along with others or whatever it is. Behind every self-defeating defect in your life is a lie you're believing. Let me repeat that. Behind every self-defeating defect is a lie that you are believing. It's why it's self-defeating because it's based on a lie. I'm believing a lie about happiness and what brings happiness. I'm believing a lie about God and what he's really like. I'm believing a lie about myself. I'm believing a lie about my past, about other people in my life. I'm believing a lie about what is real success. I'm believing a lie about what's going on in my life right now, what's going on my life in the future, my past, my failures. I'm believing a lie about that. This is why the first requirement for personal change is to reset your life, is to learn the truth and face the truth about yourself. Now, you may not realize it, but learning to face the truth about yourself is the most loving thing you can do for yourself. It's also the most loving thing you can do for others. Because Ephesians 4.15 says, love should always make us tell the truth. Then if our truth telling to others is based on love, then we will grow, it says. You want to grow? You want to change? You want a new life? You want to reset? Press that button? Want to reborn, fresh start in some area of life? We'll grow in every way, the verse says, and be more like Christ. When? Well, the first verse of the first part of the verse says, love should always make us tell the truth. It's love if you love yourself. If you love God, if you love other people, you need to face the truth about yourself. So then the question becomes, where's the best source for finding truth? Where do I find the best truth about myself? I highly recommend you consult your owner's manual. The only way you can know, for instance, your purpose in life is either talk to the creator who made you, he knows your purpose, or read it in his owner's manual, which is his word. The only way you can overcome the defects that are in you, created by circumstances, by genes, by parents, by bad responses, by your choices, is to learn about it in God's word. John 17, 17, Jesus says this, sanctify them by the truth. Sanctify means it just means to grow up to be made like Christ, to be different, to get a reset. You're not the same old, same old. You're sanctified. You're different. Sanctify them by the truth. Then the second part says, what's truth? Your word is truth. This is God's truth. The more you get in his word, the more you're going to change. The more you're going to be transformed. The more you get in his word, the more you're going to be sanctified. You're going to be made new. You're going to reset areas you want in your life. So when it comes to personal change, a reset of your life, the Bible is the manual for resetting your life. And it's going to help you in four very practical ways. Look at this next verse. It explains the four ways. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. All scripture, that's the Old and New Testament, is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. Makes us realize what's wrong with our lives points out what is out of whack. It straightens us out. It doesn't just point out what's wrong. It shows us how to get back on the path. 
and it teaches us to do what is right, how to stay on the path. So the Bible does four things. It shows us the path to walk on, where we get off the path, how to get back on the path, and how to stay on the path. It's God's way of preparing us in every way. It says to be fully equipped for every good thing that God wants us to do. This is why spending time with Bible reading and prayer is very important. And if you're going to have change, you got to face the truth. And where's the truth? It's in God's word. So if you're not in God's word, you're certainly not learning and facing the truth on a daily basis. It's a mirror that will reflect both the good and the bad and the parts that need to change in yourself. That's just the first step to change, to lasting change. It requires knowing learning the truth, and then actually facing it. Be willing to say, yep, that's right, God, you're right. I need to work on that. So, wow. (laughs) I wanted to cover more than just the first one, but we ran out of time for this pod. So just to sum it up, change is hard because we have been doing it for so long. We identify with it. Our bad habits or patterns have a small payoff. And lastly, because Satan discourages us. But don't fall into the enemy's trap because there is hope. No matter how hard it is to change, if we learn and face the truth, not getting fooled by the lies which fuel our self-defeating behavior. Got to learn and face the truth. Next pod, we're going to go over the next three requirements we need to do for lasting change. So don't give up wherever you are. God bless and see you in the next pod.